Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome, everyone. Today, I have Tatiana Soar, one of my favorite people on the show. Tatiana and I have been friends and colleagues for what? You think six or seven years now, Tatiana? It's, it's been a while. It feels like yesterday. Probably at least five. Yeah, yeah, five to six. Now, we met at QuickBooks Connect a long time ago, and I remember the conversation I had with you because you had such big dreams and hopes and aspirations. And it's been such a pleasure to see those things come to fruition for you over the years. Uh, You've not only been your own CPA firm owner and grown a really successful practice there, but you've also transitioned more into, you know, a book release, which was a big dream of yours, Dream Bold, which is an amazing book, so easy to read, uh, meant directly for consumers, right? It's for small business owners or people who want to start a business. Yeah, awesome. And then you recently released a bookkeeping academy, and then you have a fractional CFO group. Uh, You've been through our certified concierge accountant program back in the day, one of the first OGs. So yeah, we've got some cool questions for you today, but why don't you fill in a few more gaps for me about you? So it's been quite a journey, uh, but I, the truth is that I get bored really quickly. And so I need... (laughs) new challenge, new, new something. And people always say, I don't know how you do all of this. And I'm like, I don't know either, (laughs) but but somehow I just keep pushing forward. I, I I enjoy what I do. Um, and I get bored if I do the same thing over and over again. So, you know, the, after going through coaching, I was able to really drastically reduce, um, my hours. Um, I've restructured my week. Um, during tax season, it was still five days a week, but then uh, that's instead of seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Off season, it was one or two days a week, which was awesome because in the summer, I want to take time off. I don't want to work much. I don't want to talk to clients a lot. I want to just do the normal stuff and and basically enjoy my summer and, and my kids and my family and stuff. So, But I, I kind of wanted to write a book for a while, And so that was quite a journey in and of itself. Um, It took probably a year and a half from the start of that journey to launch, but I'm a freak of nature in that sense, meaning that I did it faster than most because at that point, I already had 15 years of experience working with small businesses. And so I've already had a bunch of stories and um, uh, case studies and clients, stuff that I could um, really illustrate concepts with. And I realized something also that I realized that we as accountants sometimes don't do a great job of talking to our clients. And because um, honestly, it's all, it has to do with the qual- um, the quantity of work. So if you're a traditional accountant and you focus on the volume 
you really don't have time to spend even an hour um, a year talking to every client to help to support them and provide them better value because in the end, the better they do, the better you do. And so um, I focus on working with less clients and um, having a better, bigger impact on their businesses and in turn in the, on their lives because ultimately business is personal. Um, and so f- when you know people start businesses, they don't start businesses to just for the sake of starting a business. They start businesses so that they can have a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, or live life on their terms, but oftentimes because there's lack of that support from us as accountants, or we speak the language that they don't understand really, because of that, they often um, struggle through that business journey. And entrepreneurship should not be a struggle; it should be fun, um, an upbeat experience, as opposed to as opposed to that. And I think that we as accountants play a huge role in that. Um, so I started, you know, as I started on the path of being an author. I also got inspired to become a speaker. So now I'm a professional trained speaker with the speaker reel that just came out a few days ago. And so, but I also found the this need uh, because I was a bookkeeper first and then I became an accountant. Um, I found this need that, you know, I was always trying to delegate more and more bookkeeping. But what I found was that bookkeepers who just learn the software aren't really bookkeepers. I don't call them bookkeepers. They're just software users Mm -hmm. because they don't have the understanding of accounting 101, accounting 102. Um, And so that's kind of how I got into the educational side of it because I know how important it was for me as a mom when I quit the CPA firm that I was working for because I didn't want to put my child uh, that was growing inside me through the stress of tax season. I knew how important it, it was for me to be able to work on my terms and bookkeeping was that answer for me, bookkeeping, and then I grew my tax practice as well. And for me, that flexibility, that true flexibility, meaning nobody cares when you work. If you work when the child is in bed, great. Um, you do when they nap during the day, awesome. Nobody, There's no deadline for that work. And, so, and same with tax work as well. And so for me, that was the ticket. And I found that to be extremely rewarding and helpful for me because I saw how well done books really transformed the life of a small business because they were able to make better decisions. They were able to get better financing. They were able to make more money and also pay less tax um, at the same time since I went, I went through the coaching program. And so be clear though, you, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk because you're not just saying, oh, when I meet with a client to finalize their 1040, we talk 30 minutes about some you know, retirement ideas or what their financials look like. You bake outsource CFO servicing and coaching these clients into your entire packaged offering, which is really something that's unique and a great niche for sure, for sure. Yeah. And what I found was that the the most meaningful way for me to work with clients is that if we do the bookkeeping internally, because I train bookkeepers and I also hire my own graduates. And so I know what they know and what they don't. Um, And I've done that for, for a while now. And bookkeeping is such an important part of it. Bookkeeping is the foundation of the fractional CFO service, if you think about it. And it's also the foundation of the tax, um, service tax planning service as well, because, you know, my first client right out of while I was in, in concierge um, training, and also as I've gone through um, the tax planning training, I, my first, very first client, 
I just looked at their books more closely and I found that out of the $600,000 in income, 300,000 was carried interest that was, you know, subjected to a sole proprietor, uh, full scale, you know, FICA, uh, federal income tax, state income tax, and all of that. Instead, it should have been a preferential rate capital gains tax. Um, so nice. it's, yeah, there's a difference I of 17, a big, 17, what, sorry, 17%. It was a, a close oh, to $50,000 for that one thing that a bookkeeper never knew or didn't look at well. And the accountant didn't look close enough because they were a traditional accountant. And this client was one of 400. That's amazing. I love it. I think we share a really strong passion for the education around the industry. And I agree, even with my own tax planning software, um, I'm not trying to like replace the accountant. I'm trying to make them look really good with the supplemental information they already know because they need to know those basics. They need to know tax planning 101. They need to know bookkeeping 101, right? For them to really succeed. Now, let's take a step back because that, there was a lot to unpack with what you just described. Um, you said that you regained two days a week, pretty much, back in your practice. What, how, what advice would you give others? Like, what specific actual steps were like got you to where you could get, you know, 16, 20 hours back in your firm in a week? It was actually, so I work one to two days. So I got like three days a week back. Um, nice. And so, so um, it was a combination of things. It was the concierge training primarily where I developed and set clear boundaries for clients where I stopped giving away free stuff. Yes. Um, that was the, the simplest, but I guess the most difficult step that I had to make. And um, it was really rewarding to, to do that also, because finally I realized that I can, that I get paid for what I do and for what I think and for what I talk through and, and things like that. But it started with that, but then um, the structured week training, it took me a while to really understand how to make it work. I, you know, when for you guys first introduced it, I thought it every day needs to be kind of split between you know flex time and email checking time and stuff and I did that but I could never follow it um, and so <laughs> instead when I started writing a book I was like I need dedicated days where I don't talk to anyone mm -hmm. uh, and I do creative work I need um, days when I have flexibility so if there's a snow day or a short day at school or um, a child is sick, I can actually plug that day um, and replace it with another one that week so that I don't lose uh, efficiency, I guess, um, in my work and still get done what I want to get done. And it allowed me to write the book. It allowed me to um, really transform my practice, bring, in, bring on more clients and understand how to approach them, how to stop wasting time with those who are not, who are just shopping around or just are not really looking to work with someone mm -hmm. solid. And, and I think a lot of it also had to do with um, the um, creating the onboarding experience for clients because it was a system and I'm really good with systems. I can follow a system really well. And so having that system uh, was really transformational as well, just as transformational as structured week was. Very cool. 
Yeah, we've moved back in the day when when you were in the program, it was structured week was kind of in the middle of the 18 sessions. And now it's the very first one, because if you can't structure your week correctly to set it up for success, you're not going to be able to do anything else. So, yeah, that's that's well said. Um, switching gears a little bit, what would you say is kind of the biggest challenge that you've had and how have you overcome it in your practice or in your life in general? What are your thoughts there? In terms of challenges, I mean, there are challenges pretty much fairly often, I would say. Yes. <laughs> they never end, right? There's a, something new coming up all the time. And, you know, I actually, in that uh, regard, sort of learned from my client. Uh, my client has been in business, one of my top clients, very smart, super CEO of his business. Um, he has been in business now for probably 28 years. Um, he started his first company, you know, his company, this entity that I manage um, in 1994. And when COVID first happened, you know, everybody was freaking out. Obviously, accountants were not freaking out because we were busy than ever, but, but everybody who had a real brick and mortar store or whatever, a business that potentially could get affected was freaking out. How we're going to pay employees, how we're going to do this or that. And he really stepped up. I don't know, maybe somewhere, you know, at home, he was crying under the pillow. I don't know, but, but he really stepped up and he realized that he has been in his 20, whatever, by then 26 years of business, he's been through ups and downs due to um, some, some, I think he meant, he meant, uh, mentioned the AIDS epidemic in the nineties, then the 2001, 2000, 2001 crisis with Enron. Um, and um, then also the 2008. And he was like, we always made it out and we made it out on top. And so mm -hmm. instead of kind of uh, marinating in that state of, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. He actually was like, okay, let's look at the numbers. Let's see what the best worst case scenarios are. Let's figure out a plan of action. And we did. And he's not only stayed in business that year was his best year yet. And then the every year after that, it was his best year. And so when I look at all these different businesses that I manage, <laughs> including the accounting business, you know, we had the chain, tax law changes pretty much every few years and it's starting to get annoying, but, but at the same time, um, you just go through it. And, you know, one of my clients uh, was getting audited. You just go through it. You just deal with it. You show up, you do your best and you just try to make the best of it. So that's kind of what my approach has been. The most recent challenge was actually understanding the marketing side. I never really thought of myself as a marketing person, um, but apparently just like when you write a book, you become not only an author, but you also become a book promoter. Mm -hmm. um, same thing when you become an educator, you also become an education promoter. And it's a whole new world, right? This whole marketing side of the thing. It's honestly, it's a lot. Yeah. But you push through just like you push through anything else. You figure it out. Um, you know, there's, there's this book by, um, what's her name? Marie Forleo, Everything is Figureoutable. That's kind of, kind of how I feel when I, when I encounter different things. And I just accept it and move on. Yeah. I always keep learning. And I think that that's the most important part of me overcoming the challenges is because I, like right now, I'm learning psychology in depth, like crazy stuff, right? <laughs> But I'm learning it because I need to understand in the group setting or one-on-one, -on -one, how do I support 
my client in the best possible way so that it elevates them. And it actually, when they, let's say, speak up and state an objection or not, maybe not an objection or a complaint or something to understand where is it really coming from? Is it really coming from them being unhappy with you or with another situation in their life? Or is it really deeper than that? And maybe, I don't know, they're unhappy as as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think everyone has some, you know, seated past issues for sure. Um, But yeah, I think that there's some people that are just made to be able to overcome. And if you're not being challenged or running into problems in life, you're probably not going outside the box. You're not pushing out of your comfort zone. And you're definitely, you're definitely doing that on a daily basis. So um, the, the problems are just going to kind of roll, roll with you. Um, what is, you mentioned one book, what would be another book that you would recommend? Like everyone, as soon as we finish this podcast episode goes out and grabs, would it be dream bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely dream bowl starts smart, but this is more for non-accountants. It's a plain English guide to starting a business, but you know, I've had, um, one of the, one of our, um, mutual friends, I guess, uh, your student and my uh, friend actually bought a case of it to give to her clients that she cannot serve because they don't meet the threshold. Maybe they're a startup or whatever. Oh, that's genius. Yeah, it was really awesome. And it was really great to support an author. It was really, really meant a lot to me. And, but another book, um, so my top three books, um, meaning the books that are sort of on my nightstand, even though I don't have books on my nightstand because it's bad feng shui, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Oh my God, it's a mind-blowing book. Like it just tells you everything you need to know about money, the history of it, why we're so bad at it and, and all kinds of different things. That's really number one for me. Um, and there's a couple of others if you want to know. <laughs> Uh, well, let's just keep with that because we want to have kind of one actionable thing that people can go do and not overwhelm them with too many. Tell you what, I'll have you back on the podcast and then you can give us more recommendations. How about that? Awesome. Okay, cool. Now, um, what I like to ask people that are interviewed here, our audience on the concierge CPA is other accountants, accounting firm owners. There could be some younger accountants that are looking to maybe start their own business eventually. And then we have some entrepreneurs as well. What's something that you do exceptionally well in your work? And how can you explain it in a way that it could help our listeners maybe become better in that area as well? What I do exceptionally well is bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. I went to school while working as a freelance bookkeeper. So I got to learn the accounting 101 and apply it in practice next day. And so for me, the theory and practice aligned almost immediately. And that was really powerful. And if someone who's listening works for a big firm, first of all, um, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Big firms welcome. <laughs> but second of all, when you work for a large firm, you are a part of this conveyor belt operation. And the problem with that is that you don't get, you need more years getting that hands-on experience, preparing returns, doing books, closing books for the year and close, reconciling payroll and all those things that are so important and really make a difference between a business paying or a business owner paying 
a ton in tax or paying much less in tax. And so that experience, you know, I got lucky. I got turned down from an internship at uh, at a big company because uh, I asked the, the partner about his his work life balance, and he was like, "I don't have a family." The guy was over fifty. Wow. Yeah, uh, but um, but I was lucky because then when I was graduating, um, recession happened and nobody was hiring, and I got this job at a small accounting firm, seven partners, twenty five people total, um, in New York City, and actually in, almost in Times Square. But it was the best experience because in three years I got so much experience. I was doing tax returns on day one. Mm-hmm. I was closing the books, and they hired me because I had small business bookkeeping experience. I didn't have no tax experience whatsoever before that. But the bookkeeping experience was crucial and accountants, uh, accountants understand that. And so if you're listening, if you're looking for something, I'm really good at that. I'm really good at um, creating systems. I have businesses that I manage, um, uh, 25, $26 million businesses. I have businesses that are smaller than that, a lot smaller than that. But there's this range of businesses because I know what I'm doing. Software doesn't matter to me. I can set you up and set your system and process in any software. And so that's a really, uh, that's a skill that first of all, saves me time um, and makes me more money because it saves me time and is, has really built, been transformational for the business owners that I work with. Yeah. So I guess to take a broader stab at that, um, whether it's bookkeeping or um, CFO services or tax planning, um, the more exposure you can get to some kind of breadth of wide knowledge in one particular area tends to really help you excel in our field. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with um, having exposure to knowing a topic deep enough, but I also am a big fan of not non-niching down. And the reason that I'm a fan of that is I actually, you know, I, I love Mike Michalowicz. Um, he's a funny guy. He's a great sense of humor and he's a really great author and he's really supportive of other authors and speakers and stuff. But I remember when the recession, when that recession uh, pandemics just started, he was, I was still part of the Profit First Professionals and he would do a masterclass or whatever to help us help businesses. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said that you always have to keep learning new things, new industries. And, you know, he was like, like I would go to, he said, I would go to this conferences that are completely unrelated to anything that you like a tractor supply conference or like a refrigerator conference. And he was like, you know, the best way to innovate in your industry is to R&D. And it stands for rip off and duplicate from other industries. And so I really think that that's, um, that's how breakthroughs happen in your business. And so know your stuff really well, know the foundation really well, but also expand your horizons and learn other things from other industries so that you can um, see how people do it differently in different spaces. Love it. Yeah, that's a great point, especially going back to like marketing and all the things that we didn't learn. I was just telling one of my team members this morning, hey, I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't learn anything about marketing in any job or business that I've ever owned. This is all like brand new stuff, totally different way of looking at the world. But there are people that have already done it and done it really well. And so it's just about finding those people, no matter what industry they're in and really going for it. So I I love that advice. Um, How do you stay happy and healthy or try to stay happy and healthy in this crazy industry? 
Well, uh, you know, first of all, happiness is a choice and health is also a choice. Uh, I happen to have an autoimmune condition. And for a while, you know, I've, after I've gotten kids and stuff, I gained a lot of weight. Um, and it's been really a struggle to, to drop that weight. But, you know, one of my new clients, this was two years ago, a new client was a health coach. And before that, you know, just like with regular coaching, I thought, why would somebody want a health coach? Like, what can they possibly do? <laughs> what can I possibly learn from them? And you are proven so wrong, right? <laughs> 100%. Like, unbelievable. My life has absolutely, absolutely transformed. I mean, of course, it helped that my husband got into biohacking as well. But uh, biohacking has transformed my life because this... I guess, I don't know if it's called a science because the guy is not a scientist who founded it, but there's a bunch of doctors and scientists who actually do research on it. And it helped me, you know, I've learned more about my body. I've learned about what it's sensitive to and what it's not. And then there are things that I would have never suspected like green tea or apples or carrots. And once I removed all of that, the inflammation in my body started coming down and weight loss came as a side effect of that. And, you know, I've lost 35 pounds in four months um, and I feel better than I've ever felt. Um, and that also contributes to happiness because I think, because when you look in the mirror and you, you, you feel like you, you're proud of what you look like, it gives you that um, additional inner core happy state and then everything else comes after that. So I think health is definitely at the center of um, happiness, at least for me, it has been. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Um, what does the, the term, the concierge CPA mean to you? You know, I actually have first firsthand experience with concierge accounting and that's why I could, I really resonated with it and I really took it to the next level in a way. Um, to me, it means that's your, for your client, your client has one, I guess, main value and that's the value of their time mm -hmm. nothing else matters as much as that and so the idea for me behind concierge cpa is a client who values their time the most who wants to do everything right who wants to understand their business um, and also grow it and not have to deal with the nitty-gritty numbers but have somebody who would walk them through and help them make better decisions you know i've worked for my first firm that i worked for as a as an employee They've ha they've serviced um, a really big celebrity. They still service that that person, and then I also interviewed when I left with, um, or actually maybe a year into it, I interviewed at this company that nobody has heard of. It's not your PWCs or EYs of the world. It's actually an unknown company to most, but they actually service. They provide concierge service to ninety percent of musicians in the U.S. Very cool. And so for me, I understand exactly what that means. The musician calls from a dealership. Oh, I want to buy this Ferrari. Do I have enough money in my checking or should I get a financing? We'll add this to my strategy. That's the, that's what I picture when I think about concierge service. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you really think could be helpful for our listeners uh, with our interview today? I... <sighs> Definitely. There's a lot of things. So I'm trying to pick. Yeah, I mean, that's... I could ask you questions all day, but unfortunately people like having these short little segments of podcasts, right? Yeah. 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 Which is fine. You know, accountants, we have short 
um, attention span. So that's okay. (laughs) But I think the most important part, at least for me, is to to to, to not recommend, but share that it's, I think it's number one thing is health in life. And number two is investing in yourself. And I think that I invest in myself all the time. I buy, you know, I hire coaches. I work with different coaches. I work with, you know, and the coach doesn't have to be a business coach. It can be, you know, there are certain things you need to learn from business coaches like you and Chuck. And then when you start launching a product or a message out there or whatever else, I have several different coaches that I go to and I'm like, am I aligned with this? And is my personality aligned with this message? Does it feel that it's flowing well? All kinds of things like that. And I'm studying psychology. I'm um, working on three more books, you know, whatever. But I invest in myself because if there's anyone else in this world that I would be willing to bet on, that would be me. And for everyone who's listening, that would be them, themselves. They're they're a person. Um, And so I think when you bet on yourself, um, it's very powerful, empowering, and really beautiful. Um, And I think it's important to, and, you know, we talked about the fact that accountants kind of get into this grind and kind of enjoy it a little bit, you know, (laughs) they're miserable, but they kind of enjoy it. And I think that it's important to realize that you are in the grind and you're miserable and do something about it. And that's when the, that's when the progress, progress growth um, transformation starts, not only in your business, but also in your life, because your clients see that you're changing Mm -hmm. and maybe you'll lose some clients, but that's okay. You know, let them go their, their way and look for somebody else, but your clients will actually get attracted to you even more because nobody wants to work with an unhappy person. Right. And if you're, if, and if you're in the grind and if you're miserable all the time, chances are you're not happy. So invest in yourself, build health, happiness, and so that you can live the life you want, because we don't work, we don't work around life. We live, um, we don't live around work, right? We work around life. That's important. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. And how can listeners contact you after this? What's the best way? Um, well, I live on Instagram and I'm going to live on it even more now, now that we have a new marketing strategy, but, um, (laughs) but definitely, you know, reach out to my, through my website. There is a lot of resources that you can look at my work and get inspired. Um, I'm happy to share resources that I use that I've used like the concierge program and that, you know, tax, I guess, mm, what's the word tax planning, coaching, uh, were, uh, were, cause they were happening at the same time. They absolutely transformed my life and allowed me to do all these things that I thought I could do, but I'd never thought that I would actually do and and have results of it. So if you want to get inspired, come uh, watch, um, watch me and, and learn from me and I'll be happy to support and inspire. Awesome. What's your Instagram handle? Tatiana Sawyer.author. So it's Tatiana, um, T S O I R.author. Perfect. Okay. Now, I have not been brave enough to ask this question of a podcast guest yet, but <laughs> who better than you, Tatiana? So I'm just going to throw it out there. What do you think the meaning of life is? Meaning of life? Um, I was asking myself that question for some time. So I actually found a really cool answer that I think uh, that I believe in, that I stand behind. 
I asked this question once in a coaching session with a with a life coach, and he is not just a life coach. He's a really, really, you know, I talked to him about my launches and different things, but I asked him sort of, how do I be, how do I, how do I feel happier? How do I build this happiness in life? How do I stop running um, to make everything, um, um, but you know, by forty or whatever, to do everything, to accomplish everything by forty or whatever. And so we started working through that. And he gave me this really interesting analogy. He said that it's used in sports, but he, you know, he said it, it applies to life. And I agree with him. In sports and in life, you have three ways to play the game. One is a play to win. Two is a play not to lose. And three is a play to play. And so for me, the meaning of life is play to play. Mm-hmm. because I, I've noticed and I've realized that I've been playing not to lose for parts of my life, big parts of my life and playing to win in other parts. And I've re- never really played to just play. That is very insightful. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm glad I asked you the very first guest to ask, be asked that question. Awesome. Well, Tatiana, it was such a pleasure to have you. I'm always uh, so pleased with your success and uh, getting to pick your brain a little bit uh, every now and then. So best wishes to you and thanks again. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, take care. listening to the concierge CPA hosted by tax plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.